Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready for some fantasy hockey streaming advice, it's time for the most styling, profiling, wheeling and dealing, jet flying, limousine riding podcast in all the land. It's the reigning, defending, undisputed fantasy hockey streaming champion of the world. It's the stream Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of the Stream Scheme. Every year, not just this year with all the madness that's going on, but every year the NHL has a Christmas break that shuts down the league for a few days, leaving only a couple days for matchups and rendering streaming useless. And it's on that week, ladies and gentlemen, that instead of taking a vacation here at the Stream Scheme, we're taking the time to look at the players for the rest of the season, maybe some guys that we wouldn't normally talk about, and see which guys we want to buy low on, which guys we want to sell high on. It is our annual Stream Scheme mid-season buy low, sell high Christmas extravaganza but before we get into everything i do got to say the stream scheme is presented by the greatest fantasy hockey podcast in the world keeping carlson and we often refer to the toughest league in the world the keeping carlson ultimate patreon fantasy league aka the cupful and it won't just be me spitting out ludicrous takes this year we're bringing back the boys from the highly successful stream scheme preseason top 10 series pj and mason are back with us once again to tell us who they're thinking of buying low and selling high on let's start with the winner of our preseason series not the winner of, in terms of like best picks necessarily but just the winner of the overall fan vote it's pj richards pj has the success from the preseason series carried into the regular season for your fantasy team so far and just how's it going what are your thoughts on the season so far hey dave thanks for having me back uh, excited to do another installment on the old stream scheme fun fun times as always um i would say my uh, success from you know, our early season rankings uh, has bled over into some of my leagues and not so much some of my leagues. Uh, we may talk about a couple, but, you know, those Tyler Sagans and stuff that I picked up in probably too many leagues didn't quite pan out as hoped. Uh, so there there were some fails there, but, uh, you know, all in all, it's been a pretty fun season. It's been crazy lately, as we know, with all these postponed games and everything similar to what we were seeing last year and and just really trying to you know, manage and, and utilize the old stream scheme to help uh, figure out how I can manage when I've got too many guys sitting on my IR or with postponed games. So uh, thanks for keeping this going throughout the season. Absolutely. And yeah, hopefully everyone's excited to hear something else other than just lamenting on all of these postponements and stuff like that. We'll try not to mention COVID too much. We'll try to keep it positive here, but um, let's head it over to uh, the man who infamously took Carter Hart in his preseason top 10 and 
it actually ended up not being a terrible pick, at least as of late. We welcome back Mason to the stream scheme. Mason and I actually tied for second in overall votes for the preseason series. So technically there was no loser, or I guess you could say we were both the losers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he did win. He, did, he didn't take a win until the very last one on the top 10 list for defenders. Mason, how's it going, man? How's your fantasy teams doing? And how long do we have to wait? How low does the NHL 22 price have to drop before we can finally get you back into the chill locker room oh man the uh it was very tempting when it went on sale around black friday i haven't checked recently but if it's still low i might have to jump back in i just finished my last exam yesterday so <laughs> actually have more time at the moment Hell yeah. um yeah my fantasy teams have been doing pretty well like pj obviously some good in some leagues and um, not so good in others uh, in Kakuffle, which these picks were based off of, um, I started 0-6, actually, uh, starting the year off with a massive loss to PJ <laughs> in our Division Three. but um, I've won the last three weeks and looks like I'll win this one, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tale of two seasons so far for me in the Kakuffle. Right. I didn't actually get anyone really of my picks in Kakuffle, <laughs> so that's been interesting, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sometimes that could have been good for some picks and maybe bad for some others. But yeah, and that's the whole point of this exercise to assess where we are at this point and take a deep reflection on our teams and talk about what we're doing going forward. So pretty much that's about it. We're going to talk about guys we want to buy low on, guys we want to sell high on, and then maybe we'll see if any of us have any of those players on our team. Uh, how do we think about that? What are we looking maybe to move these guys for in a hypothetical trade? Things like that. And we will be using a couple scoring for all this, obviously. Um, I hope I don't have to explain. I never explain that on the stream scheme each week, but you know, 4.5 points for a goal three points for an assist yada 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 but so let's go ahead and get right into it um i want to hear mason you've been active recently and so and it doesn't have to be maybe someone in any of that trade but i know you're deep into thinking about buying high or buying low and selling high so i want to hear someone on your sell high list okay i was actually kind of hoping uh, we'd avoid talking about this player but i couldn't uh, not bring him up it's nasm kadri um this guy is like 11th i think in couple scoring on the season which is absolutely ridiculous um i i'm gonna avoid basically anyone worse than kadri because i think a lot of players like say Evan Rodriguez like you're not actually gonna be able to sell high no one will buy them um knowing that players might come back and bump them off these lines um with Kadri I think it's been more sustainable and more talked about and so I think people might be willing to buy into that a little bit more but he just honestly doesn't have the track record for me um the Avs have had a bunch of injuries which have given him top power play or top line time and um he has capitalized on that but um yeah, he's he's got some unsustainable numbers and he's got um, just deployment that I don't see lasting throughout the year. And he's never done this before in his career. And so um, those are all kind of things that I'd be looking for to sell high. And I think with Kadri, you might actually be able to do it. How do you feel about that, Beach? Do you have Kadri or was he on your list? Yeah, I definitely had uh, Kadri pretty high up there on my list because I agree with Mason. He's one of those guys who's trending right around like high in the league for a couple scoring um, with just some unsustainable things. Like I was looking at some of the stuff from his past few years, like his IPP, he's at like 71.70 right now compared to like, you know, his highest before he did have a 71 year, but lots of like kind of more in the the 60s range. So there's going to be a bit of regression there. 
But the big one that really stood out to me is his shooting percentage. He's kind of got this funny season where he kind of goes back and forth a lot of the time between like high shooting, low shooting, high shooting, low shooting. So he doesn't have like a straight trend, but right now he's been shooting at like, you know, close to 15%. Um, He's got, you know, just crazy inflated numbers. And I think it's mainly because of like what Mason said, his time on ice has gone up. He's, he's definitely seeing like about two more minutes of ice time, uh, um, a night for compared to last seasons. And um, yeah, he's just a guy that I don't see it sustaining. I think he's going to be a valuable player. So the nice thing with trying to sell him high is, you know, you could still probably negotiate in a thing saying like, even if he regresses, he's still going to have some value and you might be able to use that in some of your negotiation tactics to try and pull somebody that you want to see on your team a little bit more. I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't have him on my list because I mean, obviously He's outperforming expectations, but kind of like uh, what Peach mentioned, I still think he's going to be a pretty decent value. So it's just a matter of like how much he drops off. Who's maybe someone just you guys might uh, try and target if you had him? Um, I didn't have anyone in particular, but just with him being ranked 11th in Kukupful, I think you can reach pretty high. And like, you know, he was probably drafted outside the top 100. Um, Now I think you could probably get somebody inside the top 50. And if you can, I would go for it. So if you see people ranked around the forties that seem like they'll end up there again, um, those are probably the players that I'd be making offers for if possible. <laughs> Maybe some of the bylaws that we'll bring up later. How about you, Peach? Otherwise I'm going to spit some, some names at you guys and see what you think. Yeah, no, I'd like to hear some of your names. The one thing that I would probably try just as a, like a personal preference for me, um, as Mason and I have chatted about this one in the past, it's not as big and couple, but it's something that I do take in consideration and him being a centerman, um, you know, reduces his value a little bit on my team. Not a huge amount. Like we said, we have those, you know, extra spots and everything. But if I could pull out somebody who's either got dual eligibility or maybe a winger, maybe even go for one of those higher end D. Uh, I know D went super fast in our cupful drafting. So it might be somebody that I could use to actually try and pry out one of those, you know, higher end D, maybe not in the top tier, but somebody like Mason was saying that might finish off in that kind of 40 to 50 range and if i could trade a centerman for a d i'd be pretty happy with that all right well i'm looking in kind of the 40 to to 60 range right now and so i'll spit out a couple of names for the for you guys to see and let me know if any of them uh strike your fancy as good uh good targets let's see we got like uh kopitar morgan riley on d we've got Drake batherson logan kotor any of those would you guys be willing to uh trade Kadri for I guess uh Pete I did. definitely I de- yeah I definitely think uh there's a couple of names on there that I would um you know I would probably look at uh Morgan Riley he'd be pretty nice uh Drake Batherson's a guy that I'm super high on but I don't know that we're gonna see him go much higher than what we're seeing right now so if you're happy with how he's been performing um that'd be great he's getting a ton of offensive zone starts right now and I see that stick in for this year but uh, you know long term there's been a lot of conversations on uh, online that I've seen for keeper leagues of Bjorkstrand versus Batherson who would you rather and and one of the things that keeps getting brought up is that Batherson starts in the ozone almost every single time for Ottawa they don't really give them many of those d-zone starts and that might change in the future but for this year they're just going to keep running them as he has and he's had great chemistry on that top line hey and uh speaking of which I'll go ahead and jump into our next player because Pete you just mentioned it uh one of my sell high guys is Oliver Bjorkstrand uh someone that I actually do have on my team and loved him at first hated him recently 
but his numbers are still high to the point where if someone's kind of just looking at his season overall stats, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. He's still, still in the top 100 right now, I believe. And he's just someone that I don't trust at all <laughs> kind of going forward. Like he might be able to put up like, I think a 55 point pace to rest it away is something that's realistic for him. But as someone probably for where people drafted him, I think I got him in like the sixth or seventh. That's okay, but definitely under expectations and certainly uh, isn't going to get you to the ship. Uh, any of you guys have Bjork or let's start with Mason. Do you have Bjorkstrand and what do you think about him? Um, I do not have Bjorkstrand, um, but I agree. If, if you can sell high, um, I'd be happy to do that. Columbus just doesn't, score that much i don't have a lot of faith in their players and like max domi and Forachek have had little hot streaks but i just don't see enough with that team to help him um you know sustain really nice point paces throughout the season i'd just say on the bjergstrand topic he'd be a guy i actually have him as well dave so he's a guy that i've actually shopped around a little bit um the thing is i don't see him dropping off too too much i don't see him as like super super high but i do see him dropping a bit you know, if he's sitting around, I think like 90-ish overall, somewhere in that range right now in Kakupful, um, maybe you see him drop down to like the 130 range or something is probably where I'd predict it if just off the top of my head. But I'm, I'm with you. There's, there's definitely some signs of regression. I'm with Mason on that. Columbus is just not a team that really excites me. So if I could trade him, even for somebody of similar caliber or even slightly less on a team that I'm more excited for, or a team that's going to like maybe turn things around and, and get a bit more scoring, I'd probably try and do that too. I'll toss out um, and we'll try to keep the, the possible trade comparison short since those can lead down to some pretty long rabbit holes. Uh, but just kind of looking at guys close to him that uh, would be intriguing trade targets. Uh, would you guys do Bjork Strand for Connor Garland? Uh, I would trade for Garland. Yeah. I um, just as a little bit of philosophy, I find if you're buying low or selling high, um, it's nice to also buy high or <laughs> um, like if you're, if you're trying to sell Bjork Strand high, maybe find another player who also um, maybe like people think is overperforming and try and target that player that you think will keep going while the other one falls off. Um, Cause otherwise it's like a, selling low to buy high is kind of like super obvious and your offers will just get instantly declined. So yeah, Garland's ones whose numbers look pretty sustainable to me. He's on a really um, nice line with Pedersen in Vancouver and gets a good amount of power play time and honestly looks like the best player a lot of nights. So I'd be happy having him for the rest of the year, but I'd be I think kind of a toss up for me to be honest. That's why it's a good trade. Eh? Yeah. And sometimes I think uh, one thing that I know Dave is definitely adamant about, and I think Mason, you are too. And, and someone like my, Myself likes to do is at this point in the season especially if your team's like not running on a hot streak maybe not as much mason you said you know you started off with your oh and six and now you're kind of back on the winning trend but like someone like myself who almost had the opposite where i won a first you know four weeks or something and then i've kind of been back and forth for the last few it might be time to just try and shake up your roster and see something and if you could get somebody of equal value that's just like you know a new fresh person on the team maybe a different look maybe it opens up some opportunities to like you know have a bit more team disparity um that's one thing that i'm kind of looking at right now with my trades is with all these covid you know postponed postponed games and stuff like that i'm trying to not have like 
super heavy one team in case that team ends up having a couple games, you know, canceled. I want to try and get a bit more team disparity on my team. So, um, you know, I'm looking at, you know, picking up a guy from Vancouver, having one guy from Columbus, having one guy instead of having, you know, a whole bunch of people on the Oilers, like I always do. Uh, you know, I'm having, you know, hopefully right now we haven't had too many games canceled for the Oilers, but I'm sure it'll come like it has for many other teams. So um, just one thing I'm with you. I also would just say at this point, and maybe we'll talk about it a bit more, but I think there's a lot of kind of um, buy low candidates on Vancouver, and we might have actually started to lose our window now that they've gone on this little hot streak. Um, you know, but that was something that I know there was lots of trade offers for me for any of my Canucks, like you know that we might talk about it shortly here. Um, but you know, Garland is one that I definitely would probably see if I could switch. You know. Bjorkstrand for just to change things up a little bit, see them as even. And I think he maybe looks a little bit more sustainable than Bjorkstrand. Yeah. Good points there guys from both of you. Like, uh, cause yeah, ever since Bruce, there it is, came into town. Um, they've definitely been hot and you can see Connor Garland, someone that, yeah, it's like kind of, he hasn't really changed too much with the coaching change. It's just kind of been consistent. So at least if someone's, maybe worried that he'll be someone who's getting less points, you know, in this new system, potentially you could still kind of maybe frame it that way. Cause he's only got like a few assists. He hasn't popped off in any games or anything like that. And also what Mason said, some, just some great trade uh, strategy in general there about if you do just try to blatantly do a one for one to uh, try and sell your high for a, a blatant buy low, it's a yeah pretty quick way to get a, rejection there so try and do like a two for two or try and like a mix bury it a little bit so it's not as blatant but uh all right uh so that was uh over jork strand we're all agreeing on sell high here pj let's hear one of your uh sell high guys yeah so i've got a few here um one of mine that i think has been just like a, a guy that i've had on a, a few teams in the past and don't have him this year but i've definitely seen kind of jumping up a bit more than I thought. And Kim Atkinson, I think, is somebody that I would probably try selling high on at this point. Um, again, I think he's maybe in that Bjorkstrand range, similar to you, Dave, where I think he has some sustainability stuff going in there, but I do see him regressing at least a bit, probably down to that 140-ish range versus, you know, he's sitting around the 100 range right now. So if you could switch him out for somebody kind of at that, you know, 100 point range i i think i would do that at this point he's gone on a few little streaks and and put in some you know you know got a hat trick here or there or whatever and that definitely boosts it up but the big one that stands out to me is he's shooting at his career highest shooting percent of like close to 16 percent, 15 percent, something like that um, and that's just something i see regressing a bit um you know it's just he's a guy that i don't see sticking having that many goals going into the net uh for the rest of the season at this kind of rate. Mason, did you have Atkinson? You got him on any of your teams? What do you think of him? Uh, I did not have him on my list. I actually sold him high somewhat in Kukupful. Uh, I traded him nice. for Eichel about a week before uh, Eichel got moved to Vegas. And then did you have insider info? Moved to Vegas. <laughs> well, I heard some rumors <laughs> of, a, of a trade happening, so I figured I would <laughs> try and uh, pick him up. But uh, then trip. my team went to 0-6, and I was like, okay, I can't have this guy on IR for the next two months. So I traded him for uh, Stevenson and um, Yanni Gord, who have both been basically Cam Atkinson. So I just added an extra uh, Atkinson-level player um, through that 
series of swaps, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you think he's a sell high because I saw his like five point game the other night and was like, Oh, that, that hurts to not have. It actually was against me in the league. So um, yeah, anyway, I, I agree. He's somewhat a sell high, but I don't have any more shares of Atkinson. Yeah. I didn't have him on my list. I don't have him on any teams, but I would, I would say that if you do have Kim Atkinson, like don't try and trade him, you know, today, uh, hopefully he's able to maybe because obviously you know his four point game or whatever was just like two days ago, and so it's a pretty blatant attempt at a sell high. So maybe hopefully um, he'll have another good game or two at that point. It looks like a little bit more sustainable, and then maybe when that Christmas break shutdown actually happens, maybe at that point uh, start sending out some offers. I'd say, but uh, I guess in that case it could be good or bad because then if he doesn't score in those next games he just goes back to looking like his uh streaky self i guess i i was just gonna say actually i had put him on my list before he had his uh big game the other night uh, yeah. when uh, <laughs> when you first had like asked us to start you know compiling some lists and then when i saw that i was like ooh, should i take him off my list but i've decided <laughs> to stick with it i still think he's a, a sell high so um, yeah. you know, at this point, maybe, maybe that game just helps, you know, some of those chats, you'd be like, Oh, look, he's had a hat trick. He had a five point game. Look at the season. The guy's unreal. Um, and see if you can, you know, get something else out of there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's switch it up here. Let's go over to, uh, buy low, uh, Pete, let's hear one of your, uh, buy low guys. Sure. So one that I kind of alluded to, uh, early on, and this is one of those Vancouver Canucks. And I don't know if you still could get at buy low, but I still think, you know, there are some possibilities that you can, you can always talk some stuff in trades, but Brock Besser is one guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that was on, I think all three of our right wing lists in the preseason that has just not hit at all. Um, and he's a guy that I just think as Vancouver is starting to, you know, figure out a few more things here and, um, you know, seeing a bit more chemistry, you know, having the new coach, there's definitely going to be some system changes. And he's a guy who's been down a little bit on uh, time on ice this season so far, but, you know, he still has a lot going for him. And he's also had, you know, some, some unlucky metrics that I think will actually come back up to uh, kind of what his career statistics have been. So he's a guy that I definitely would look at. I also have him on a few teams, so I'm, you know, maybe it's like the little anti-jinx, hoping that, uh, you know, if some other people are going to start shopping for the buy low, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I see something that's nice coming my way too. But uh, he's a guy that I'm actually holding in most of my leagues right now, just hoping that he, you know, writes the ship at this point. Yeah, Besser's got like five goals in the last six games. So if you're, <laughs> I think if you're going to buy low, it's probably got to happen right now, or if he maybe doesn't put up a point in a few games yeah. um, moving forward, then that would be a good chance to <laughs> buy the little dip. Yeah, definitely. A lot of it depends on um, if he does play on either, if they, if the Canucks do play on the uh, 21st and 23rd here, I'm showing. So that's uh, Monday and Wednesday, I believe uh, to be seen if that actually happens. But if you are trying to buy low on Bessie, you're praying that that both those games happen and that he does not score because yeah that buy, that buy low window is uh only a stink bug could fit in there pretty much at this point you got a uh, very very small <laughs> but uh maybe i guess it also depends on uh you know who you'd give up for maybe uh one of these sell high people for what about um would you guys offer uh, how about Kadri for Besser? Is that, is that too much? So for Kadri for Besser is kind of an interesting one. Cause like I said, I still see some value in, in Kadri, but 
Um, like I mentioned, you know, center versus right wing, there'd be some questions there, not as important in Kakupal, maybe in other leagues where you have less of those kind of utility spots. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I kind of like what I see from Besser underlying more than Kadri. So um, I would hope that maybe in the end of the season, you know, rest of season, Besser's probably in my mind, maybe going to pace a bit better than Kadri. Um, so I don't know that I would, as a Besser owner, I don't know that I would accept that, but I bet somebody would because look at that. Kadri, like we said, he's like 11th overall. If you have Kadri and you think, sure, maybe try it. I might go for, for a Besser, but that's a tough one. Like, you know, he's, Kadri is on a pretty big heater here, um, but as some of those other players come back, we, we might see, you know, his minutes go down a bit more. He was notorious to like kind of bounce between first and second power play. We might still see him on the top power play, but I don't think he'll be getting the same even strength minutes as he's been seeing so far this season with all the injuries and all the players that have been out in Colorado's lineup. Yeah. Or, or maybe even uh, maybe get him to like, uh, if you're trying to sell Kadri for best, or maybe even like throw in a D or something like that, maybe just to kind of even the scales a little bit more, but at least as far, if it's someone that uh, you're pretty sure because there's different types of like trade managers, right? There's people that you have a good relationship with that, you know, you know, you can have a back and forth with, and there's someone who never checks their messages. And even when you send them an offer, it sits there for a few days. So you might only have one offer. They might only glance at it one time for 10 seconds and determine right there. Yes or no. But if it's someone that like, you know, you might have a back and forth with maybe just start for a, aim for a little bit higher be like yeah Kadri Besser this defender <laughs> someone else uh and then maybe kind of eventually even it out a little bit more as the negotiations wear on but uh Mason uh, let's hear what you think about it and maybe hear uh one of your by by low guys yeah I think as far as Kadri and Besser go like I have Besser I don't have Kadri anywhere I would probably I would probably take that if someone offered me Kadri, but um, yeah, my philosophy is a little more of the uh, buy high and uh, like I, like I've been saying. So um, I think I would just take the guy that's performing right now, especially if I'm, you know, struggling in a league. Um, so I think if you're offering Kadri, maybe, yeah, do ask for a little bit more um, unless it's a manager who just refuses to like sell low on anybody, then, <laughs> then I think they might uh, take that even with a throw in. Um, as far as my next uh, sell high, I um, or sorry, <laughs> we're going by low. Um, yeah, doesn't I, matter too much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, Charlie McAvoy, which uh, pains me to say because I just traded him to Dave a couple of weeks ago and I traded him away in a <laughs> couple. So there's my uh, sell lows for you. But um, I, it just, makes no sense to me that he finally gets this top power play shot and has not even been that terrible on the power play. Like he has the same number of power play points already this year as he had in twice as many games last year, um, despite getting the top power play for like a month last year too. And he's still just like not really producing how you'd expect. Like his numbers just have stayed the same year over year, um, despite finally getting this opportunity. So I, I don't fully understand it to be honest. And he's not shooting that much. Um, although he never does, but I just think, um, Boston as a whole, um, 
like Pasternak too, I would say is a buy low. And I think eventually, you know, some more Pasternak shots are going to come in and McAvoy's going to have the assist on that. And he'll end up being pretty solid the rest of the year, even though um, he's probably let ranked really low right now. What do you guys think of McAvoy? Yeah, for McAvoy, I would agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Mason. Uh, it does kind of seem like Boston's had a little bit of, you know, the puck luck not going their way. You know, they're, they are a team, but they are also a team that I thought on a whole would regress a little bit this year. You know, they, there's just a few things that I saw in that lineup that, you know. Where was this in the preseason series? Sit. You couldn't have told us then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did talk about it in the preseason, but I, I get you wrong. But they were just a team like I'm still excited for them. I think they're still going to be a good team going, but I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they have been. Um, you know, as a Pasternak owner, uh, I've definitely felt that pain. Um, so I can also see why Mason, you know, you you finally you know cut the ties with McAvoy because there's just some of those players on that team that you're like, oh, it's got to turn around. It's got to turn around. The other thing that Dave and I've also mentioned is there haven't been like any good streaming weeks for Boston players yet this season. So buying low on a guy like McAvoy, like, you know, it's going to turn around at some point, you're going to have some of those weeks where there's going to have, you know, four games played. We might have a, you know, I haven't looked ahead, but who knows, there might be a stream of coming up for a Boston, you know, lineup at some point. Uh, so that would be something that, you know, I would take in consideration too. just, they haven't had the best schedule either. And, you know, picking up some players going for the rest of the season, um, kind of looking ahead and, and seeing what you might be able to work out and, and get maximum games played for, for going forward. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was, oh, go ahead. I was going to mention that too, was um, yeah, they played five fewer games than most of the teams in the NHL. So if you're making a one for one trade or something, like even if the other player ends up playing the same the rest of the year, McAvoy will get five extra games. So that can be pretty helpful. Yeah. And as Mason uh, mentioned there, he did trade me McAvoy. So obviously uh, I was buying low on him and I did have him on this list as well for uh, the reasons that you guys mentioned. I just, yeah, it is, it's just peculiar, right? That he hasn't been uh, performing better. And I, I, I don't know, I'm not huge in the advanced analytics, but uh, like you guys mentioned, I think it is just a little bit of puck luck. I do think it'll turn around. Maybe it's just a lack of games, uh, you know, <laughs> that's causing some of that. Maybe when they start playing a little bit heavier of a schedule, it'll start getting into that. And yeah, I don't know. I, in regards to maybe they do they have a good streaming week coming up i actually did look because i was like especially with um at the beginning of the the boston COVID outbreak um obviously taylor hall was the immediate beneficiary of it and i kind of looked i was like okay i picked up Hall. I was like is this someone that i could potentially hold on to because i knew that they never had a good streaming schedule i know they got a lot of games left and at least up until like through like January 7th, they still don't have a good week. And then at that point it was like a month away. And so I was like, okay, I'm not getting Taylor. <laughs> like uh, maybe I'll pick him up, you know, early January. If I, at that point I look and see that maybe from like mid mid January, they'll start getting some good weeks or something like that. But uh, yeah, he's someone that I'm definitely interested in. The problem is if you are trying to buy low on him, a lot of times, uh, you know, the manager's not a fool. Um, if he is, you know, a, a tougher league then he'll probably be savvy to the to the those points that we mentioned about the schedule and all that stuff yeah i think we can all agree mcavoy is a good buy low target here or i'll i'll give a buy low here since uh you did have mine on charlie mcavoy i am going with um i'll actually give a twofer since they're on the same team it makes sense to talk about them at the same time 
I'm going with uh, Sasha Barkov and Sam Bennett. And uh, those are obviously Barkov, someone that he hasn't been a little bit kind of in the uh, Pasternak camp. Obviously, uh, Pasternak hasn't been injured uh, like Barkov has, but um, they're both in the same boat in regards to you can't be too mad at him whenever he's playing just because he is like a point per game guy. Um, He just hasn't been performing at the position that you probably drafted him at, you know, just kind of like taking over some weeks and stuff like that. And Sam Bennett, uh, he's someone obviously that's uh, kind of fallen off probably, I want to say because of the injuries, but he's shooting out the wazoo and he's someone who still just looks really good and someone that maybe, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe he spent too high of a draft pick on Sam Bennett and is kind of starting to regret it a little bit, maybe a little bit, build up a little bit resentment, something like that. You could probably get a good, uh, price on him for it what do you guys think of uh barkov and bennett well if i i would say if you can convince somebody that you're gonna trade barkov for at a at a sell low or sorry a buy low um go for it because i think the main reason he's just low in this one is injury he's only played 16 games he's actually got a pretty high shooting percentage right now i think the highest of his career or up there something like that um and he's you know trending at over a point per game for uh you know, the 16 games he's played, I think he has 18 points in 16 games. So yeah, if you can, you know, convince somebody that, oh, this guy's injury prone or, or he's going to be out for a bit and you, you might just need somebody and, and you can take that. And, you know, maybe it works out for both. Maybe somebody is like full on their IR spots and they just need to make room or something like that. And you could make a trade work that would be even for both. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know that I really have Barkov as much of a you know, a buy low, except for the fact that he's missed so much time this year, because he's, he's actually been playing pretty good. And there's a few things that I'd even be a little bit worried that might regress with some of his stats, just, you know, that shooting percentage of 21.3 right now is, you know, way above his career high right now. Uh, But like, I'm a huge Barkov fan. So if if I could get him for from someone, I definitely would be uh, targeting him because I think he's a great player. And and I think he drives a lot of the play too. So he's not a guy that's, you know, a big line dependent kind of guy. And, and he works with some good players on his line that work out well, but he can drive a lot of that play. Yeah, I have Barkov on my couple team. And it's weird because the like six weeks I had him, I was losing and now he's been on IR and I've been winning all my weeks, which is kind of weird. But I don't. I don't think I would trade him. Like PJ said, that's going to be a really hard one, especially because like, because of these injuries, I think a lot of people are going to value him just as they did at the start of the year. And so you're going to have to pay up um, to try to get that. I mean, if you could give like Kadri and some other guy who's like playing above their head in the top 30 or something, um, maybe, maybe I would do it. If the person has a lot of injuries, they need, you know, bodies to to play, but um, otherwise it's going to be really hard to do. I think Um, as far as Bennett, he's on my list as well. So I completely agree. Dave, um, his, he's kept up a lot of what he did last year, um, but with way more sustainable numbers and um, yeah, I just, he's getting power play time. He's shooting a ton. Um, I, I think he'll have a really good season, especially when Florida is actually healthy again. So um, yeah, maybe with Barkoff, if he comes back into the lineup and then isn't good for a few games, cause he's coming off an injury and that might be a chance to do it um, with Bennett. Uh, I agree. I would, I would try and send out some offers and see if you can pick him up. Um, I'd probably trade almost any of the players we've talked about so far for Bennett. Um, 
even Kadri, I'd probably give up for Bennett because I can see him finishing inside the top 50 pretty easily. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that would, that's, that's a clear, you know, buy low, sell high that I think they would do uh, in most places. So, Hey, if you guys, that's, that's some great advice there. If you're, if you're really that low on Kadri uh, and you're really that high on Bennett, definitely offer that trade to him. Cause I think that's a trade that a lot of managers would accept, but uh, all right, let's get back to over our uh, sell highs here. Uh, PJ, let's hear another one from your uh, sell high list. One of my uh, other sell high kind of guys is none other than Mikel Grandlin on Nashville. And much like I said, Vancouver is a team that, you know, you might be wanting to, buy low on a lot. I think there's a few guys on Nashville that I would look at selling high on if I had them. Um, He's started to go a little bit cold now, uh, but he was just going at one point, he was almost at a point per game pace. And I just don't see that being sustainable for Granlin. So, you know, it's not like he's going to be one of those super high up guys like a cadre or whatever in those standings, but he is a guy that, you know, maybe where I see him actually dropping out, which would be in my mind, possibly like replacement level player if you could trade him for somebody who you don't consider a replacement level player I would probably do that you know he's had some really good shooting Um, he's been you know getting it a lot more than what I would normally project him for Um, in and if you're like my Kakupful league or mine Mason's league he was an undrafted player that was picked up on the waiver wire and just started going so yeah if you are able to move that guy and get somebody that you would possibly roster for the rest of the season even if he's a lower guy in your roster uh, I would try try to make that move Mason I'm guessing you agree there yeah I agree I actually I mean Nashville has surprised this year with a lot of these players putting up a lot of points Um, so I would not apply the same thing to Duchesne Um, I might to Johansson a little bit but um, yeah I mean they've they've all been producing a lot and I do agree that uh, I'm not big into Grandland for the rest of the year all right now mason i want to ask you a question i'm not going to ask pj because i know the answer but uh okay straight up victor hedman or roman yossi the rest of the year who are you taking uh can can i come back to you in like one minute <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how they've been doing i don't have them on any of my teams well they've both been excellent yossi's been slightly excellenter uh Yossi is I think 11th overall in pick up full points right now uh Hedman is 27th yeah. <laughs> okay yeah I would I would go Yossi just for peripheral ah. floor I think the Predators have scored more than we thought and I had Yossi uh higher at the start of the year yeah that was uh that was PJ's big swing right you had him number one you had a number one right yeah and uh paying off for you right now although Hedman as uh my number I think I had him second and then, uh, although my third pick, Barry, ew. but actually, I might as well talk about him right now. That's actually someone that I have on my list. Or no, we're doing, uh, screw it. I'm going over to buy low again. It's Tyson Barry. Uh, that, maybe I had him on here, maybe because I just wanted to get PJ's expertise here uh, from the Oilers and hear what he thinks about Tyson Barry. But he's someone who's been hanging around. I mean, obviously, he had a slow start to the season last year before he started cranking it up to about a point per game. But obviously it's been a lot longer of a slow start. He hasn't been terrible. He's been uh, better in leagues where perifs aren't as valuable because he's still getting, you know, the stray assists every once in a while, but I just still got, he's still getting power play time. And I just think it's 
only a matter of time before he just starts. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say he's back to, you know, that his whole like 56 points and the next 50 games or something like that, but uh, something where he's like, you know, maybe like a 55 point pace. I don't think is uh, the rest of the way is too outlandish for him. Um, what, do you, what do you think about uh, buying low on Tyson Berry there, Peach first? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, my little bit of Oilers insights on this one is the one thing that I think we're seeing uh, that help, hurts Barry a little bit is that he has lost that top even strength pairing. Um, that's gone over to Evan Bouchard, who's been playing with Nurse. Although, you know, the defense in uh, Edmonton has basically been non-existent. They lost four of their top eight guys for like, you know, a week stretch and some guys are coming back and um, whatever. But most of that was injury related, non, non-COVID at that point. We've got a few right now. Um, so that's one thing where we've just seen his minutes drop down from like, you know, in the twenties down to 18 minutes a game. But with that being said, he still is getting right around the same amount of power play time. So you're correct on that one, Dave. He's, you know, he's still definitely playing in there. He just hasn't been getting in on as many of those power play points. Um, But at the same time, Edmonton's power play came out, you know, red hot. They were shooting at almost like 50% for a little stint there. Then it dropped to 40. And then in their little losing streak in this past uh, little bit, and I say little, it's not that little. It was, you know, six game losing streak, pretty rough as an Oilers fan. Um, but their power play only converted, I think, t- three times on like 20 something uh, attempts during that streak. Uh, so we didn't see any of those points coming for Barry, let alone McDavid, Dreisaitl, any of those guys really on the power play, which we're normally expecting to see. Um, so it is something that I definitely see going back up. We'll probably see some of those points creeping up again. Um, yeah, I guess the, the question would be like, what would I be willing to give up for buying lower on Barry? Cause I do agree. I think, you know, he's not going to have the perifs. He's going to have a little bit lower ice time um, than maybe even what lots of people predicted coming into the season. Um, but he's still going to have that power play time at this point. There hasn't been too many signs of him losing that at all. Uh, you know, as a as a big Bouchard fan and owner, I I'm a, I picked him up in almost every league and and got him, and he's been actually riding pretty good. And I think he's the future, you know, power play leader for the Oilers. But I don't see it necessarily happening this year. He's probably still going to play that second power play and and even strength with Nurse. And they've actually been playing him on the penalty kill a lot. Um, so I think there is some buy low options for Barry. I'm just not sure. I wouldn't be like, you know, thinking he's necessarily going to finish off as like the top 10 defensemen in the league. Um, but, you know, going rest of season, he's probably going to be a more valuable defenseman than he has been. Real quick, before we uh, toss this over to Mason to see what he feels about him, uh, just a possible trade scenario. Would you do uh, someone who uh, he, he's not on my sell high list because he's just so blatant of a sell high, but he still gets a ton of perifs um, slaving. Um, maybe someone that uh, is a little bit more consistent in the proofs department, but now that he's not on the top power play anymore, not going to get as many actual points. Is that a trade that uh, you'd like to pull off there? If I was getting Barry, I'd probably like that one. And, and I'm a Slavin fan. I, I like Slavin. I'm quite, quite a fan of his, have been for you know a couple of years because I'm with you. He's got the perifs. He's you know, a pretty steady guy, but I'm with you. I think Barry will be the better rest of season. If I had Slavin and, and my, uh, you know, somebody in my league was looking to shop around Barry and was willing to take that, I, I definitely would go for that trade. How do you feel about him, Mason? Yeah, to be honest, Barry is basically a sell low for me. Um, I think 
Oh. He could meet that 55 uh, point threshold that you were saying for the rest of the year, Dave, but without too many shots or other peripherals, that just doesn't end up being that valuable, especially when it's almost all assists um, and no power play points in Kikupful either. Um, yeah, I, I was watching some Oilers games earlier this year and noticed um, they had switched how they were running the power play and um, that from <laughs> it's just my opinion, but I think that is what has led to Nuge, um, Nugent Hopkins getting in on way more of these uh, power play goals and has, he's like basically just taken a bunch of points from Barry and given it to Nugent Hopkins based on the setup that they have this year. So um, maybe the fact that PJ is saying this power play is not working at all means that they'll switch it back up. But in the meantime, I just don't see Barry being as involved um, as he was last year. And I also, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm worried about him potentially losing the power play if things don't click. And, you know, Nurse has proven to be pretty good there. Bouchard's probably pretty good there. So um, I just think there's a small chance he loses some power play time. And even with it, I just don't see him um, scoring at the rates he did last year. So um, he's pretty worrisome for me. I wouldn't trade him for Slavin if I had him. I'd probably just hang on. But like if I was getting someone pretty decent back because people are thinking, oh, he's top power play with McDavid, like <laughs> um, got to trade for that, then uh, then I'd make a move. I will also just say, which I think we talked about in our preseason, as an Oilers fan and a Barry owner in uh, in two dynasty leagues, I actually traded him in both of those leagues in the offseason. Uh, thinking that that was Barry's, you know, higher uh, ceiling last year with the Oilers and thought he would regress a bit. Uh, but what you're saying, Dave, I, I still will stand kind of in the middle of you two. I, I think there's some value still there. I think he will possibly, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you, Mason. There's been a few Oilers articles talking about how uh, the Oilers power play might be run better with a left-handed D than uh, than with a right-handed D. Um, and even going back to when they used to have Clef Bomb on the team and just the structure of it, uh, you know, obviously the power play has been better since uh, when they had him, but they just said uh, running it well. And that might be exactly what you're saying. They've basically had Nugent Hopkins kind of playing with McDavid kind of just dancing around. He plays right, left, behind the net, everything. So, you know, McDavid just kind of shifts around a lot. And that's a big piece of what the Oilers are trying to do with that is keep people guessing so that they're not just looking for Drysaddle in that same spot. Um, although, you know, you know, I'm not saying Drysaddle's, you know, even as close to, but it has worked for Ovechkin for years. He can just stand there at that dot and put goals in on the power play nonstop. And so they do have Drysaddle there as a, as a bit of a weapon, as like a, you know, a, a lighter version from the other side. Um, but they also, you do see the Oilers like shifting a lot on that power play. And because of that, you see a lot of passing between McDavid, Drysaddle, and, and, you know, Hyman or Pooley-Arvey, who's been playing that spot. So you don't have it bouncing back out to Barry as much. And then, yeah, we have Nuge kind of coming in and, and doing some cross-crease uh, passes and stuff like that. And I agree, he's been picking up a lot of those points that Barry's been losing off the power play. Um, so that's a long-winded way of saying, I do think there's still some value on Barry. I think he's going to keep that spot on the power play. I think he's going to get in on them as that power play starts, you know, at least getting closer to what it was running at the beginning of the season. Um, but I don't know that I'm going to be like running out to try and buy them in every one of my leagues. But if I could get them for like a reasonable person, like you said, Dave, if I had Slavin and somebody was willing to trade me Barry for that, I would, I would definitely take that trade. Sounds good. And also uh, I just have to mention briefly about like uh, the predators and Granlin in general, 
uh, Granlin and Duchesne possibilities for uh, streamer of the year. They were, I think, I forget if it was the second or third week that we had them as streamers, but yeah, they were down there at like 12% rostered, like in the teens. And then ever since they had that stream scheme bump through the roof, but yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone was really drafting those guys. So whatever, whatever uh, kind of sell high price you can get for them. I would, I think we're all in agreement there, but depending on the manager, most people are going to be pretty savvy and not probably give you the price of what, where they're at right now. But uh, Pete, let's hear uh, another one of your um, buy low guys. Okay. So another one of my buy low guys, while we're kind of on the, the topic, I'm, uh, you know, I think, I think we've already kind of briefly mentioned on Pasternak. So I, I might just actually go with one of my other D um, and that's uh, Shay Theodore. Um, He's a great D uh, guy that I like have loved having in past seasons. And I just don't think he's quite at the mark of where like some people were drafting him. I don't think he's having a terrible season uh, by any means, but I do still think he might be a guy that has potential to finish or go rest of season higher than what he's been at. Um, so again, it would be a question of what am I willing to trade for him? But he is a guy that I've been targeting for sure. And I've had a couple trade talks and, you know, there's, there's one league where I'm, I'm a little bit close to getting one and I would be pretty excited for. So maybe he just made uh, made my list for recency bias because I've been in talks trying to pull him off somebody else uh, in, in one of my other redraft leagues. But uh, he is a guy that I'm I'm looking for. I didn't have him on my list. Mason, what do you think about that? Uh, me neither. He's actually another guy that I would be a little concerned about buying low on. Um, he's currently ranked at uh, 155 in Kikupful. So, I mean... There's there's a lot of room in there. If you can buy him at at well, C5, um, I'm definitely willing to do that. But I wouldn't be willing to go up to where we had him preseason. And um, I think a lot of that is largely that uh, that Petrangelo's back. He missed a lot of the year last year, which gave Theodore basically free reign on the top power play and all the good minutes. And now Petrangelo's sharing um, a lot of that like top line, top power play. Um, kind of minutes with him and um yeah i think that's been reflected in his numbers i do think he has uh, a bit more to give for sure but um yeah i just i'd be a little hesitant i think the like a reason i would go get him um is because stone and patcheretti missed a lot of time at the start of this year and if you think that's going to change his fortunes moving forward then um yeah then he'd be worth going out to get yeah uh, the only thing i haven't been in on uh, Vegas's D ever since uh, Theodore and Petrangelo have been there just because I'm always fearful that one's going to take over for the other. And so it doesn't really matter to me how good any of them uh, does or do necessarily. I, I just can't shake that feeling that, you know, it might just take a few bad games on the power play and they'll be like, you know, what, let's just switch up uh, those defenders and see if that makes a difference. And then maybe one starts clicking and then all of a sudden I'm stuck with the, the power play two guys. So uh, I tend to shy away with them, but I, I, I do agree with, with what Mason said in regard to, if you can get him around that, like uh, lower 100 value uh, defenders are hard to come by. So if you can get a pretty cheap price on them, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Costas Bear, Fowler, Dumba, Bouchard, Pareko are all kind of, uh, just above him and any of those guys I would give up to get 
Theodore, but I wouldn't really go beyond that, I guess is what I'm saying. I'll, I'll just add in the one thing that I'm looking at, and, and not that it's uh, in the couple for the league that I've been trying to trade him, but if I was looking at trying to trade for him in, say, the couple, it's probably a guy that I would try and move a forward to get a D just because I found D to be so sparse in a couple. And he's a guy that I think has more to give that maybe if you could make some sort of a trade with a forward, maybe even somebody who's just a bit above that 150 mark, maybe we're looking at like a 120 kind of guy, like somebody outside of the top hundred for sure um, for a forward where I could get a D that's going to give me that value. I found it really hard to, find good D on the waiver wire for most of the season in Kukupful. You know, I did get Bouchard. I got a few guys that have been like reasonable. Um, and there are streamers that that work good for a week to week, but I haven't found anyone else that's going to be a long hold. And that's just a guy that I think is going to be more realistic to be able to pry off someone. If you, you know, dangle somebody that's like maybe slightly above them and then have a, you know, a decent D that's going to be on your team for, you know, most likely rest of season. Um, and I'm with you. I, I understand there's some worries there, but I also think there's some, you know, some bright stars for Vegas. I think there's a bit of a buy low opportunity on a bunch. And I think Mason touched on it. There's some players coming back from injury. There's rumors that Eichel might actually be back like, you know, end of January. I know that's still, you know, a month and a half away. Um, but you know, those are some exciting things. If you're going into playoff time and you had a couple of Vegas players that might be, you know, firing at all cylinders with the likes of Pacioretty and, and Stone and, and maybe even Eichel, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, there's some, there's some exciting pieces coming there. Um, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Vegas fan being a, you know, a fan of the Pacific teams already. They, they definitely, uh, have crushed some of my dreams other times, but uh, there's some players on there that I really like. Sounds good. Uh, Mason, let's hear another one of your bylos. All right. I'm going to stick with the defenseman <laughs> trend here and go with Thomas Shabbat. Um, yeah, this guy, uh, I mean, he's, he's been okay so far, but um, despite playing like the most minutes of his career, shooting at by far the highest pace um, of his career and um, Ottawa just generally really clicking as a team. Um, he's only got one goal so far on his 71 shots, um, which is like a third of his career shooting percentage or a, a quarter of his career shooting percentage. So he should get a few more goals, um, probably more assists to that top power play is looking really good. Um, that Norris Batherson Kachuk line is, is legit. I think Kachuk's breaking out. Um, officially, and I think uh, Shabbat's going to be able to cash in on a lot of these points. I definitely had Shabbat on my list as well, Mason. He's a guy that I, I'd be in the in the kind of field of, I don't know how low you'd be able to buy him because he does still have like the hype of who is Thomas Shabbat. But at the same time, I'm with you. I've loved the perifs that he's been putting up. And yeah, he's, he's bound to get a couple more goals in there. You know, I was watching the game when he, what, thought was his first goal and then it like got awarded to uh Kachuk in his you know first ever career hat trick as well and um they did an interview with him after the game and they, and they were just you know excited that he he would they won the game and that Kachuk got his uh his hat trick so he's a good guy he's a, a player that I like watching he's a player that I've targeted in many dynasty leagues and even in redraft leagues I think he's got a lot of value going rest of the season um I don't know how high people would be able to like you know, get him for like what kind of value, but he's a guy that I would target. And if I had some players that are kind of around where he is or, or even slightly higher, I would definitely go with Shabbat. Cause I think he's going to just keep doing well the rest of the season. I'll slightly disagree with you guys. Um, don't really think there's much. Um, if you had done this at the 
uh, end of December, end of November, I would agree with you. But at this point, I think he's got nine points in his last six games. <laughs> so at this point, uh, you'd maybe hope for, a, if you are trying to buy low on him, you're hoping for a couple pointless games here uh, before you send out that offer. Cause at this point, uh, you'd have to knock their socks off to get Shabbat away from them at this point. Kind of, kind of like Besser. Yeah, I hear that for sure. I hadn't uh, looked at his most recent games, but um, he's still, even with that, is only ranked at 124. So I see him finishing a lot higher than that, um, at least inside 80, maybe closer to 50. So um, yeah, that's kind of the range that I'd be looking for. Maybe trade someone just inside the top 100, um, especially if you think they're going to finish lower. And as much as I agree with you, Dave, uh, 100%, and I think it is very similar to a Besser situation. And, and like I said, Besser's still a guy on my my bylaw at this point. You also might find managers out there sometimes. I know I've been at, on the other end where they actually kind of lean into those little hot streaks if they're worried that that's just like a little blip and that they're not maybe still the real deal. So there might be some managers who are still like, oh, now this guy's doing good. Maybe I can trade him for something. So I would say you know, to everyone out there, it's worth asking, like you might as well throw out an offer or start the conversation and see, you might find that that person's like the diehard Ottawa fan who's like, no, Shabbat's just getting going. But it might also be somebody who's been like, you know, holding on to him for a while. And he's been like trending around, you know, he's at one, what did you say, Mason? I think he's like 150 ish right now. I think he was even lower up until like this past week, basically. And, you know, somebody on their roster where they're like looking at a guy around the like 160 range, Versus, you know, you start dangling somebody who's around like a, a 90 or, or 100, you know, range player for them. They, they might take that even with a little blip. So I would just say it's worth probably doing the ask and, and seeing, you know, no harm in starting those conversations. And and like Mason said, if I agree. I think Shabbat has potential to finish and, you know, definitely with inside the, the top 80 in my mind. Um, so he would be a guy I would target for sure. All right. And uh, PJ, let's hear uh, maybe one of your sell high guys. All right, so for another sell high guy, I've got I've got one that is maybe questionable, but I have him in a league, and I'm definitely trying to sell him right now. And that's uh, Chandler Stevenson. Um, you know, playing on Vegas, I was just saying that there's some guys on Vegas that are by low, uh, but I also have some questions about you know he, he's just been playing out of his mind compared to uh, last season. You know, he did play as well. He's definitely taken advantage but I think he's also been a guy who has really benefited by his line mates more so than being the guy to drive the play and with the rumors about Eichel maybe coming back at the end of January or mid to late January again that's not for sure we, we don't know um, and much like Mason did you know he made his trade as soon as he started hearing the trade rumors so probably smart move on that part I, I think that was a pretty savvy trade um, I don't know who's going to be the guy who gets bumped down for Eichel. I, I don't think it's guaranteed that Eichel will take that top line because um, if they keep going at this pace, then maybe he comes in as the second line guy and it's actually uh, you know William Carlson who gets bumped down. But at the same time, they've kind of just kept that second line together for so long in Vegas and those guys just kind of play together. Um, there is the potential that you know they try different guys around and you might see Stevenson moving off that top line, at least for stints and things. Again, that's more looking long-term. And I'm just wondering if right now's the time, if you could get somebody who has similar, um, you know, level of value for Stevenson at this point, and then you don't have to worry about say, come, you know, 
a couple of playoff times that he's bumped off that first line for Eichel, who's made it back into the lineup. Um, so this one's a little bit of a, you know, just looking at what might be coming down pipeline in, you know, the next say month and a half to two months. Um, but it's a guy just trying to set up your team. Maybe you're a team that's in the hunt for the playoffs and think you're going to make it. And if you could make a move and pick somebody up, even who's at like an equivalent level in couple ranking right now, um, you you might be able to uh, to make that move. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. I didn't have him on my list, but that is a, I did for I honestly, if I was someone that had him, I forgot about the Eichel thing. So that's a great point. Um, although I have seen um, you know pleas on Twitter and stuff like that saying like, hey, when Eichel comes back, you should not move Stevenson. You know from that Stone Patcheretti line just because they're clicking so well. So there is always that possibility that he is able to sustain that and keep it going and things like that. But I think he's a, a great uh, sell high candidate, uh, someone we were just kind of maybe talking about um, maybe uh, Thomas Shabbat, if you can uh, pull that off, I think that would be a great trade. Uh, yeah. I actually uh, was looking at a, some kind of offer like that in a couple uh, didn't end up working out, but uh, maybe I'll still uh, be able to get to Shabbat at some point. Um, anyway, I, this feels a little personal because I've been uh, speaking a lot this year uh, in the discord channel about how great Chandler Stevenson is. <laughs> and honestly, like he, he's a great player. I think a lot of people see the name and are like, Oh, he's just riding coattails basically of um, stone and patcher Right. But um, like this guy, in my opinion, he's the best all around player on the team after stone and patcher Um I think he's better than March. So, and I think Vegas recognized this and gave him that top power play time because they see him as a good player. And um, you know, once that clicked, it was like, well, of course we'll keep him up here. Like he's, he's super fast, tons of great, vision um i've i've just been watching them um and some of his points that he's gotten this year and a lot of them are just great plays that he's made um so i agree that he will take uh, a solid hit if eichel comes in takes over his spot um i don't necessarily see that happening um i think vegas would be smart to keep them together at five on five um and i think if so he's going to be great the rest of the year um he was really good last year especially in the second half of the year and um he basically got like a two-minute bump in ice time with about 20 games left um last season and he's been a point per game ever since um even when stone and patch were out for a lot of this year um he's still kept up a point per game um his shooting percentage is high but it's been high his whole career so at the moment it's only slightly above what his what he's done the last few years so um i i'm pretty happy to hold him i agree if eichel comes in and bumps him um that's going to be rough but at this point i just feel like eichel's return um might be still a little farther away than we think and he might not actually bump stevenson or might not um, be ready for like a full 20 minute ice time at first so um, yeah that's how I see it I, I agree if you want to mitigate risk so high I guess the one question I would have for you Mason because I, I agree with some of your comments and and like I said I I don't think he's the guarantee to be bumped even if Eichel does come uh, I think they'll try different things they'll probably like you know it's a new player uh, you know Eichel's world-class player so they're going to try them probably everywhere to see what works the best and so we'll see some line juggling um, but do you, I, and I'm just curious, do you think he is a point per game player going forward? Stevenson, that is. 
because right now he's got 29 and 29 and I just don't see him as a point per game player. I still think he's a really good player, but if I could trade him for somebody who I think is a legit close to point per game player that's been proven for like a few years, I would love to make that trade. Um, even if I do think Stevenson could, you know, finish close to, but I just see some regression still. I, I don't, I don't know that I consider him a point per game player at this point in his career, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Cause you've definitely done more of a deep dive on him than I have. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's a point per game guy. Um, you know, maybe he should have one or two fewer goals. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe 70 points. And I think that's why it's hard trying to sell him as a sell high because a lot of people think he's a 55 point guy, you know, 55, 60. And so trying to sell him even at 70 or higher than that is going to be really tough. Um, yeah. So I just, I don't think he's going to fall off that much. And I don't think people maybe view him currently as highly as he should be. I would, a couple of trade, just uh, hypothetical trade scenarios. Um, do either of you guys, let's say uh, Stevenson for Brock Besser. If you guys uh, are getting Brock Besser, do you do that? I would probably take Besser just because he shoots more. Like Stevenson is not really a shooter and he gets a lot of assists. Besser's probably um, more goals and shots. And so even if Besser ends up with, you know, 65 points instead of like 70 or just north of that, Besser, Besser could still be more valuable and could cut full. How about you, Peach? I think I'm still going with Besser on this one. Um, like I mentioned before, he's he's one of my kind of buy low candidates. So that's actually an interesting trade from my list right there that it would be a, you know, a sell high with Stevenson for a buy low on Besser. Um, and then that might be enough to entice, like you were saying, Dave, Besser's gone on this little point streak here. Um, but maybe with a guy like Stevenson, who's still like also been doing so yeah. well, you could maybe entice somebody with that. So it'd be an interesting trade proposal in my mind, for sure. Yeah, I think it's pretty even. And the Eichel thing is what would make me take Besser, just because there's a chance. This is the same as like people have been yeah. talking about Kuznets off. There's a chance that he gets bumped off that line. This could happen too. Hey, so you mentioned it. Uh, I'll go into another one of my sell high guys, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, yeah, I think this one's uh, pretty obvious. The dude's playing out of his mind, uh, obviously taking huge advantage of the Backstrom injury. Uh, Backstrom was back for a game and then uh, went back to the COVID list. So hopefully maybe he'll be back uh, shortly after the Christmas break. We'll see. But um, do you guys both uh, agree selling selling high on Kuznetsov or is he maybe someone you'd rather hang on to? Yeah, he's definitely a guy that I'd be looking to sell if I had him. I don't have any shares in him, so I have to admit I haven't really been like looking to shop him or anything like that. So I don't know what the the trade market would be out there on him because I, I agree with like what we've said on a few other players. We might have some savvy managers who also see that kind of situation unfolding itself. But if I could get him for somebody who's even not at what, Kuznetsov is right now, but somebody that's going to be like a little bit lower. I definitely see Kuznetsov, you know, falling back a bit more, especially once he loses that deployment that he's had. Um, you know, also Ovechkin's just been playing out of his mind this year. It's been super fun to watch. The guy's just so much fun to to. I tune into so many Washington games this year, way more than I normally do, um, and it's just really fun to see him keep doing that. So. He's definitely been benefiting from playing alongside uh, Ovechkin. And if he loses that opportunity, I see his point production dropping off significantly. Yeah, I I do agree that Kuznetsov's uh, 
a probable sell high, but I would be wary about uh, not getting enough back. Um, I think I, my inclination is that he's going to stick with Ovechkin, and I think you can trade him for someone similar that doesn't have the concern of coming off the top line. Then um, that's great. But otherwise, um, yeah, I don't know. He's just he's got great deployments, um, and he's been playing really well. So I. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, he last year was really uh, bad and um, I would not consider him uh, to be in that same range this year. He's definitely like leveled up this year. And um, yeah, as long, I, I think he'll stay with the OB. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't sell too low. I'll just, I'll agree that he's a sell high. But I'm, um, or sorry. Yeah, I agree that he's a sell high. Um, but I'm not going to take anyone back who's uh, been much worse. Yeah, I will say as, as far as a sell high, it's hard to come up with any um, like one for one ideas. How about like uh, Sam Bennett and Charlie McAvoy for Kuznetsov? Who any uh, immediate thumbs up? I would take to? that. I would take that for sure. I think in my mind um, that'd be a, a pretty yeah. Like I think I would take that one for sure, Dave. Cool. What do you think, Mason? Yeah, I, I think I would too. Um, I like getting two players, especially both ones that we think will be better moving forward than they have been. Um, it obviously depends on the second piece that you're giving up or what it means for your team. Um, but if I was like, let's assume I would, it's just I would a want a second player back that's rosterable at this. Like I, I want rosterable players this year because like streaming is becoming very tough to do with all of the injuries and unless you listen to the stream so. scheme in which case it is very <laughs> simple all you have to do is tune in give you great picks every week <laughs> yes but they also <laughs> will have six injuries come up throughout the week and we'll be not have enough ads to replace them so i want a player back that's going to play is all i'm saying that's why I, I typically like to do uh i like to be the player giving up more players so i open up a spot for streaming but, yeah uh, except <laughs> when you already don't have enough players because they're all on your ir yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just curious because I don't know and I, I guess I could look it up here quickly but uh, was Backstrom back with Ovi when he came back for the one game or did Kuznetsov keep well, that spot Kuzi just... was Kuzi was in COVID protocol so he wasn't there oh right 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 I forgot about that when yeah. when they were practicing Backstrom was practicing with Oshi on the second line so yeah too early to tell but that was the practice line yeah well yeah and that's why it's like ah uh, he entered COVID at the worst time because if he had that like you know maybe like a five or six game and he was just bonkers I could very easily see him sticking up there but uh, now that they're both on it who knows <laughs> or at least a much better chance that Kuznetsov will just take back that top line spot but um, let's toss it over to uh, Mason here let's hear another one of your uh, buy low guys um, all right. I can keep this one pretty brief, I think, but I would buy low on Kevin Fiala. Um, this guy is 18th in the league with, uh, in shots currently, and he's tied, um, with 64 other players for 231st, um, in goals. So he's basically like close to 300th in goals, um, with only four, despite being 18th in shots, 
um, on the year. I think you, I think this is one that you can definitely do because people were hoping he'd be with Kaprizov and on the top power play and he's not. And so people are willing to give him up. Um, but I just like each of the last two years, he's gone and scored a ton of goals near the end of the year, um, even without having great deployment, um, just because he keeps shooting and eventually those pucks go in the net. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think he's a, um, by low and um, I definitely think he's someone achievable um, because people will be worried about his deployment but it hasn't seemed to matter too much in the past yeah I had Fiala as well I think he's I'm with you Mason I think he's probably the most likely that you could get the most value for uh, for a by low guy right now Um, just because like what you said Mason there's there was expectations for him and he didn't get those expectations for line mates and that sort of thing. Um, and then he has just had probably the worst luck of like any of those guys who are shooting at his volume. So he's still got peripherals where he's not even been like the worst player to probably have rostered on a team. But if he starts getting some of that, you know, uh, some of those goals start going in or those shots start going in as goals, that's going to jump him up huge. So um, I'm with you. I think he's a guy that is probably reasonable that you could trade him for maybe not something that's like too, too hurtful to lose off your roster and get way better value back for rest of season from him. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, a really good pick, although um, I wouldn't give up too much uh, for him just because uh, I don't know if I would necessarily trust anyone on uh, Minnesota outside of Kaprizov really that much and i know if y'all uh, uh mason were you high on him in the preseason i feel like you were um i don't know i didn't have him on any top 10 lists and well yeah i drafted but, i drafted him in one league so yeah. i guess three like about about as most people were <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think oh i think just in general he was a little bit of a hype train and so uh to me it's just it's not so much buying low as much as i think his uh production kind of matches what i uh suspected for him so I, I wouldn't be too prone to actually go out and seek him but if someone uh, if I got an offer for him for a pretty decent price I would definitely take it i trying to think of maybe who would be a good <laughs> like a target for him if yeah you guys have any I, ideas. I drafted him at at uh I drafted him at 166 or at 66 in the league and he's currently at 130th so if you could trade someone um, maybe around the top 100 for him um, that seems reasonably sustainable I think that's good because I think he'll finish inside of the top 100. Cool. Dave right. on what you're saying it's kind of interesting I was actually quite low on Fiala coming into the season like he's just a guy that I I agree I didn't really see it as everyone else did but he's a guy that I'm actually more interested now that he is yeah. not been performing to even where I think he could be. So I'm kind of with you on that one where like, I don't think he's going to finish where lots of people maybe drafted him, but I think he's going to finish higher than where he is now. And I think like you were saying, more people are seeing maybe more what the the truth behind Fiala is yet. I still think he has a bit more to give. So um, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. Again, I, I think there's, value in them and i would actually probably go seeking for the right price um like mason was saying but i don't know that i necessarily see him like jumping way way back up yeah i agree with that i got a good good hypothetical trade here real quick clayton keller you guys has everyone pulled a trigger on clayton keller for fiala 
Oh, man. Where, <laughs> Keller is where's so Keller good. right now? I don't, Keller, I don't have any. Keller's 94. I don't have any shares in Keller. Keller's 94. He's been a little hot I lately. I probably would. He had a great game I yesterday. I probably would. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Uh, just because I'm, I, I think there's, I know you said you're not excited about anyone on Minnesota, but I'm more excited about Minnesota right now than anyone that Keller is really playing with. So um, I also worry that there might be some trades happening with Arizona. So it might be Keller moving, which would be good for him, but it also could be he's losing even anyone else that he's playing with. Like who knows what that team's going to be doing. Cause there's been, I've seen a lot of trade rumors for Arizona this year. Um, so I just really don't know what that team's going to look like, say come trade deadline. Uh, and I'll actually keep it in uh, since we're talking about Minnesota, I'll actually keep it right there. I have uh, my next sell high guy, Ryan Hartman. Uh, someone who's been a league winner <laughs> for people right now. And he is someone, I think he's kind of, Hartman is essentially being who uh, a lot of people who drafted Viola <laughs> wishes uh, that he was, but he's shooting out the wazoo. He's scoring a bunch. He's been a little streaky as of right now. So I do think that it's the perfect time to sell high. He's 33rd. Right now, on a couple points, uh, preseason he was 375 in Yahoo's rankings. So, I think he's a classic sell high guy right now, especially if you're uh, maybe trying to sell him to someone like Mason, who loves recency bias. Uh, he could get a fairly decent price. What do you guys think about Hartman, especially in comparison to what we were talking about with Fiala? This is another uh, Chandler Stevenson one to me, where I'm pretty into Hartman. Um, so like you were saying, Dave, try and sell him to me. Um, the thing is like, you're not going to be able to trade him for like a top 30 player, despite him being at 33. So that, that's the trouble I have. And, uh, he looks like pretty sustainable this year and he is playing so much and playing with, um, with Zuccarello and Kaprizov who have just been on fire and, um, yeah, I, I have him on one of my teams and uh, have loved him on my roster. So <laughs> I, I agree I would sell high if you can get someone um, pretty good. I just think that's hard to do with his name and he's going to end up outproducing whatever you might be able to end up trading him for. So I, I have a hard time with that. If you can find someone um, like me who will give up, I don't know, I would trade like like Wheeler for him that might not be uh saying too much at the moment but I think um, you'd have to toss someone else yeah. in with Wheeler okay <laughs> well let's talk to him because I <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I have Wheeler and Hartland in the same league actually but uh yeah anyway um yeah I would I would probably do something like that someone I think is going to finish around 80 I would like give for Hartman but if you can get someone maybe around 50 for Hartman, then um, I would move him out. Yeah, I would just say there's a few things that are interesting from his underlying numbers that make him maybe a little bit more enticing than like my first thought when I hear Ryan Hartman, the, the name, because I'm with you, Mason. I don't think he has the name value behind him that you'd really be able to pull out maybe who you'd really hope for. And the other one is his minutes have been going up even from, you know, Two years ago, he was playing about 12 minutes of ice time. Now he's up to like 17, almost 18 minutes. He's also jumped up huge. Last year, one minute of power play time. This year, he's you know averaging over two minutes of power play time. He's even seen more time, time on ice shorthanded. So he's just being a guy that they're using in all situations. 
With that being said, I do think he's a pretty prime candidate of a sell high if you could get the right price that you're willing to go for him. Um, because I agree, I don't, I don't know that those numbers alone are going to keep it fully sustainable. He's shooting at 12.9% right now. His like highest before that was nine and a half. So his shooting percentage is definitely up, um, you know, and then by a couple percentage, like his whole career, he's, he's been an eight or 9% shooter for pretty much his whole career. This year, he's jumped up to, you know, basically 13%. So I think that's going to regress a little bit. Um, but at the same time, he is shooting a lot more too. If you look at last year, even when he was starting to get some of his ice time, he only had 74 shots in 51 games. He already has 101 shots this year in 29 games. So, you know, he's taking yeah, he's advantage tenth, of that opportunity. He's 10th on the season in shots, which is wild. Yeah, so, so there's some nice perips there that are good. And, and maybe that's what you have to go into the negotiations with is, is talk about, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an adamant person that um, I like to find when I find the good trades, I, I find it's, it does have a little bit of back and forth and there, there is a little bit of talking and, and I'm actually an advocate who tries to find a trade that works out for both teams most of the time. Cause then that's when I'm going to find the guys that I want the most. So it would be something where you'd have to kind of talk about those numbers and be like, yeah, but look at what he's doing with the ice time he's been given. Yes. The name value maybe isn't there, but he's shooting like crazy. He's look at where he's at and he's, there's no one really like knocking on the door to take away that ice time at this point. Um, so I think you could probably boost his name value a little bit in trade talks by just showing some of those underlying numbers. Um, but at the same time, he is a guy, if I had him, I would be looking to, to try and sell him to somebody else to get, get a piece that I think is maybe, uh, you know, somebody that I'm just a little bit more comfortable holding on for the rest of the season. All right, so let's go a little bit. I don't want to necessarily say speed round, but uh, I, I know I still got a ton of guys left and not a ton of time left. So um, let's maybe here, let's go around and give like uh, one more guy each that like you definitely want to talk about. And then after that, we'll just kind of like rattle off everyone else that we have in our list. And if any name pops out, we can talk about them for a little bit. So uh Mason, let's hear, it could be a buy low, could be a sell high, uh, some guy that you definitely want to talk a little bit about. Sure. I think I've only done one sell high so far. So um, I will, I try to stay away from goalies generally with these lists, but I found some of the best sell highs seem to be goalies. Um, I, I would try and sell high on Mike Smith um, as soon as he's getting back into action here. Um, he's 40 years old. Um, he had a couple of good games to start the year. And, um, I think with how the Oilers goalies have been playing, I think people are expecting him to just come back in, get every start and be really good. But just with his age and history, I'm a bit, I'm worried about more injuries. Um, I'm worried about him not being able to play every game. And, um, I think a lot of people just view him as a good starting goalie on a good team. Um, so I think you'd be able to trade him for some goalie who's like definitely going to be the starter, but hasn't been as good so far. Um, and I would do that just because I would be worried about, um, him getting injured again or his numbers falling off a bit or not getting as many starts, um, as we thought he would have. So, um, yeah, as the news of him coming back, uh, has come up, I think, uh, I think he's someone that maybe I would try to sell, maybe try and move him to the Koskinen manager. Cause they're going to be losing a goalie at the same time. Yeah. And as an Oilers 
fan. Um, I just want to weigh in a little bit for sure. Um, I think you do have some interesting takes there and some valuable takes too, because I have Smith on IR and I think in the couple, at least in one of my redraft leads. Um, and it is something I actually have considered because my goalies that I have right now have been doing okay. So I haven't been like really missing that goalie spot as much. Um, so it was something that I was actually considering trading to the Koskinen owner. He just hasn't been offering anything that I think is worthwhile. Um, Oh, Mason says trade him for Hart. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, at this point, uh, Hart's been better than you think, but I still don't know if I would do that one myself um, because there are a few things where I, I do think there are definitely worries. He is an older goalie, but Koskinen has also shown that he can't be a starting goalie. He can't maintain that workload. He's been pretty leaky for early period things. So they just need some more solid goaltending there. So I don't think that they're going to be trying to run Koskinen as much as they want. Um, I actually personally think Skinner's been a super interesting goalie to watch. But again, I don't think he's quite at the point where he's going to be stealing starts from anyone. And I think once he comes back just for cap situation wise, uh, you know, he's going to be the one that gets, you know, sent down versus, you know, they're not going to be sending Koskinen at the price he's paying. Um, there have been lots of Oilers rumors of who could they trade Koskinen for. And I just don't think there's any buyers out there right now. Um, so I do think there is some value still for Smith coming back. And I think there is also that perceived value of Smith coming back. That's maybe even higher than what it is. So I can agree with you. There are, there is some value there that you might be able to pull out a goalie who has less injury concerns or less age concerns. Uh, but do know that I think Smith is still going to come back and probably get the majority of the starts and do pretty well. Um, so I'm kind of on, on the fence of that one where, yeah, I do actually have them and I'm probably going to test the market, but I also won't be super bummed if I don't find the seller for the price that I want. Yeah. And goalies are so weird for me. Um, I would take any kind of decent price you can get for them, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd do that for most goalies. So <laughs> that's not saying too much here. Um, all right, PJ, give us one more. It could be a buy, buy low. It could be a sell high one guy. You're, you're still itching to talk about. Okay. This is the guy I'm itching to talk about. Cause I want your guys take, cause I'm wondering how biased I am. And that is, uh, Mangiapani, um, for a sell high candidate. Um, he's been lights out for, you know, uh, Calgary, uh, as you know, I'm an Oilers fan and I do not like the flames, but, uh, I try to look past my, my hatred for the team when I'm playing fantasy and, and look at value there. Um, but the guy's just been, you know, way higher than what I would have ever predicted for him. And at that point, his name has actually become more valuable because people are talking about him a lot. You see him on, you know, podcasts, you see him on Dauber articles. He's, he's, his name is out there and I think he's definitely boosted his name value. So I don't think he's in the same realm as, maybe like uh, Chandler Stevenson or, you know, some of these other guys we've been talking about that don't quite have the name value for a sell high. I think he's actually got that name value now. I'm just wondering at what price is he worth and how much do we still think he's going to regress? I personally see him regressing. I just don't know if I've pegged exactly to where I'm picturing him finishing this season. Um, he has gone slightly cold, I would say, over the last little bit here. I think Dauber actually has him listed as a, on a little cold streak right now. So maybe now is not necessarily the, the perfect time to sell him, 
unless we think that he's going to continue on that cold streak and his like peak of the season has already passed. Um, I might also just be a little bitter because he's a guy that I had on a, on a dynasty league team who I literally just dropped to free agency, like a year and a half ago. Uh, Cause I was just giving up on him, and that has definitely bit me in the butt on this one. So uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see what your guys takes are on Mangiapane as a, as a sell high candidate. A uh, huge <laughs> sell high candidate, uh, 17 goals on 71 shots. Certainly not uh, sustainable for sure, but at the same time though, only three assists. So that's also going to regress upward. I like to say progress to the mean, but Brian always gets mad at me whenever I say that. But uh, so, but yeah, like you mentioned, he, yeah, he's no one drafted him. Obviously he's a potential for streamer of the year. Um, uh, Got a bunch of kudos for that, but um, yeah, he has a little bit of a cold streak. He's never going to be top line. He's never going to be top power play unless there's an injury. And so I would take, whatever I decent price I could get for him at this point. What do you, what say you Mason? I, I completely agree. Um, he would have been at the top of my sell high list if I thought you could get much for him, but I just don't think you can, despite his name being around so much. And like, he's, he's playing less ice time than he did last year. And last year we finished with like, a, um, at like a 46 point pace. Like that's just not, I, I don't see this keeping up. He has so many more goals than he has uh, should have. Like he has more than four times as many goals as Fiala with like 20 fewer shots. Um, yeah, which is just crazy. So definitely if you can, um, if you can trade him, like I trade him for basically most of the buy lows and sell highs that we've talked about so far. Um, Besser, Stevenson, Hartman, I would trade him for any of them. And uh, I'll, I'm going to break the rules a little bit. I got two guys that I want to touch on real quick before we, the true lightning round here. Um, the first one is uh, Lucas Raymond, someone that we talked about kind of briefly in our uh, Joe group. I think earlier this week, as someone was talking about trade deals for them, he's a rookie. Uh, it's always possible that you could just fall off just because of rookie fatigue. And then obviously Braun is coming back theoretically um, in like a little over a month. So could see i think whenever he comes lucas raymond just hasn't proven yet that he's not line dependent it's very possible he can drive his own play and stuff like that we just haven't uh, he hasn't been had a chance to prove that he can yet without larkin or bertuzzi or anything like that and i i still think obviously he's a good chance to keep the uh power play although admittedly i don't really know um necessarily if him and Vrana would play the same spot on the power play or if they would uh, have to switch his uh, where Raymond's playing right now on the power play, but he's just someone that people are gangbusters about right now. And I think you can get a very pretty price for him. And uh, the other guy I'll just mention real quick, depending on, because I know we don't got a ton of time is uh, Chris Kreider for the Rangers. I just kind of hate the Rangers in general. Um, that goes back to the preseason has continued into the season now with Kako uh, screwing me over and everything like that. And so Kreider's just a, uh, unsustainable pace um he's someone that's um never been over uh in his career never been over 52 points and he's currently got 26 points in uh 30 games and so it's not like he's never played with good guys before or anything like that he has in seasons past um he's just someone that i think is gonna 
hit a wall and hit a wall hard. And But right now he's still at the top of his game. So I'd love to get a good price on uh, either of those guys. So uh, Pete, let's kick it to you first. What do you think about those guys? Yeah, um, I have a couple comments on both. Uh, Raymond, so I'm an adamant guy of if I have rookies, I'm willing to trade a rookie for uh, an established player of even like equal-ish value almost any time. And, and for me, that's just because, like you said, Dave, we don't know any rookie can go through pretty rough patches. And I would say the likelihood of a rough rookie going through a, you know, a, a little bit of a rough patch versus an established NHLer is definitely higher. Um, so because of that, I'm almost always willing to trade off a rookie. I also love that there's always so much hype around the rookies. So, you know, the name value is up there and everyone's like chatting about him and this new guy in the league and look at what he's doing. And, you know, they've got nicknames for him all now. Like everybody loves Raymond is, is passed around like everywhere now. I, I love it. So if I had Raymond and I could trade him for almost a guy that's like right beside him, even in the standings, I'd probably do that. Um, just cause I, I think that the, the risk of the rookie is higher than, than an established NHL or, um, you know, there are some exceptions obviously with that of, of what I do, but, uh, a lot of the time that's how I go. Um, and then I'm glad you brought up Kreider because he was a guy on my list as well. Um, he's a guy who I have him in one of my dynasty leagues and he's been like helping pull our team. Cause our, our team, uh, that's the team that I share with, uh, with our buddy Braden. Um, and he's been kind of pulling our team along. He's been having a career year. Um, and it's almost put us in this like false sense that this is a year that we're really competing. And I think that both of us are, are kind of realizing like, oh, this isn't our year. We've got like Eichel on the IR. We've got all this sort of stuff that's just like not going for our team. But then there's been a few guys like like him that are uh, making our team look a lot better than they are. With that being said, um, I do think he's going to come down a little bit. I, I think he will still be a valuable player rest of season. So similar to like what we've said with some other players, I do think he'll regress a bit. But I think that might be an interesting trade because it's something that you could offer to someone where you're saying like, Hey, look at, you know, what he's been doing on, on New York this year. Look at who he's been playing with this sort of thing. Um, and it might still have value going on. And the person might not even feel like it's that much of a, a loss if you're trying to pull somebody that you want more. Um, but I do agree. I think there's going to be some regression there. So I think it's worthwhile to, to try and move a player like that and see what you can get. All right. Um, I think, yeah, I have Raymond in a couple. I've been very happy with what he's been doing so far, and I don't think it's like super unsustainable. I, I think as long as he is with Bertuzzi and Larkin and on that top power play, he's he's going to be fine um, all year, even if he slows down at certain points. I think he'll make up for that with some hot streaks. So I'm not too feeling too pressured to trade him, but at the same time, like PJ said, if I can get an established player, um, I'll make that swap. Um I wish, like Dave was saying, people would give up a lot for him because I've been trying to trade him in a couple. Um, but as PJ w was talking, I went out and uh, offered him for Fiala. So let's see, let's see if that works out uh, before Raymond for drops. Fiala. <laughs> yeah, so Raymond has twenty-five a couple points more currently, um, but I think I'd rather have Fiala the rest of the way. They haven't smashed except yet. <laughs> we'll see that's what i'm saying that could happen i, um, I don't know yeah. how someone doesn't say yes to that right away. raymond doesn't shoot man that that concerns <laughs> me a bit um yeah anyway and then there's the chance of brana affecting things like you guys have said so um 
yeah, I don't know. Like I like Raymond, but I would rather have a guy who I think is going to be consistent and good and has done it before. Um, and then as far as Kreider goes, uh, he was offered to me for Zibanejad, um by Brian, which was pretty annoying to look at because Kreider has so many more points than Zibanejad. But of course, I smashed decline uh, just to get it off my screen as quickly as possible. Um, I also had him offered to me in another league, and I'm mad that I didn't take that one because Kreider has kept being so good since then. Um, but I agree. Like, he just has way too many goals so far and that's going to come down a lot. So um, I would definitely be willing to sell Kreider as long as you can get something pretty solid back. All right. I think there's a couple, there's, there's just a couple interesting things on Kreider's underlying numbers that, you know, that have a little bit of validity. And like I was saying, that might make it a little easier to trade them too. So that this is just, if, if you have Kreider and you're looking to move them, you know, he already has the exact same power play goals and power play assists as he had last year um, in 30 games versus 50. But his shooting percentage, it's only slightly up from last year. Uh, He's at 20.5 versus 19.6. The risk is that both of those numbers are way higher than his, like, career average. But you could almost say, like, he he did it last year. Um, You know, it might be closer to what his true value is when he's playing on a top line with, like, Savannah Jett or whatever like that. Um, But at the same time, I agree. I don't think he's – he's trending at – he's got 26 points in 30 games versus you know 30 points in 50 games last year um you know where will he finish not too sure he'll probably trend closer to what he was doing last year for rest of the season but the nice thing with that is i think there's still value there so if you were trying to trade him you know you can even still sell him even at his last year's value and probably get something worthwhile um so that's just a guy that i'd be interested in trying to move if i had him especially in a redraft league all right so Getting a little bit close to crunch time here. Let's go through uh, speed rounds. Uh, Mason, let's hear everyone else on your buy low, sell high that we haven't talked about yet. So other buy lows, I would actually say is Banajad, Kreider's line mate. Um, I think uh, Mark Shifley's a buy low because he started the year so cold and he was suspended, but uh, might want to wait until closer to when Wheeler's coming back. Um, I think Pedersen's a buy low, but um, because he's not on as good of a line as Besser, you might need to wait a little bit for him to really get going again, let him build his confidence back. Um, didn't just flip a magic switch when Boudreaux came in. Um, and then Svechnikov's another guy that I'd want to buy low on. Um, and he's someone that, again, I think people would be willing to sell because they just he's just not getting the deployment that they thought he would at the start of the year, similar to Fiala, but... He shoots, he should have some more goals, and I think he'll put up a lot of points still on Carolina, even if he's not the point-per-game guy we hoped. Um, Sell highs, I would sell Tavares and Nylander. Um, They're both currently in the top 20, and I don't see it finishing that way. I think you could get some really good players back for them, so if you can get other guys that you think will finish in the top 20, um, go for that. Um, a couple other goalies, uh, you have Jonathan Quick, who I think is playing a bit above his head um, and is also a bit of an injury risk. Uh, he's had a few injuries the last couple of years. And um, yeah, I would I would just sell him for another <laughs> younger starting goalie if I can, uh, especially if they have a worse backup than Peterson. Um, Campbell, sorry, PJ, is another goalie I would sell. Um, just with Mrazic coming back, I think, I mean, this is his first year as a starter and he's been, been crushing it, but, um, I think his save percentage will come down a little and he also will just leak some starts to Mrazic, um, 
rather than playing every game, he'll play like, you know, at least two thirds and Razik could get injured again and he could be a great goalie the rest of the year. But I think you could get pretty much any goalie for him right now. And um, there are some I'd go for um, maybe even like Shesterkin, who's at a higher point per game than Campbell um, and has a work worse backup once Shesterkin's back. Um, and then Ovechkin is my last sell high. And this is with <laughs> uh, the caution that I would only trade him for McDavid, Matthews, uh, McKinnon, or uh, <laughs> sorry, Drysaddle. Dry, yeah. <laughs> he is currently well ahead of all of them in fantasy points, but I would expect, for example, McKinnon to be um, higher the rest of the year. So I would honestly, if I had Ovechkin, I'd just send out trade offers for all three and see if anyone <laughs> takes those guys. Um, I doubt you're getting McDavid, but maybe Matthews or uh, McKinnon could work. So um, yeah. That's uh, just wanted to mention him as well. All right. And uh, Peach, all your uh, buy lows, sell highs that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, well, there's not too many left. Mason just like nailed a whole bunch <laughs> off my list, which is great to see. Like, I know I, I, I just I'm glad that I agree with a lot of them. Um, I think uh, the only other goalie that I have on here, which is this one's a bit of a stretch, but I, I think James Reimer is a guy that I would I don't even call it like high but I would just sell him because I don't see him even being able to sustain what he's been doing. San Jose has just been playing better than I think they are. And he's been kind of the one running the charge. So I would almost trade him for, for anything I can get that would be, you know, not replacement value going rest of the season, even not a goalie necessarily. Um, that's one guy on there. Uh, Campbell, I just wanted to touch on quickly because that was my, my big uh, hit of our preseason but I'm also in agreement with Mason on that one. He was a guy that I did have on a, on a sell high list, but it would be almost like a similar thing. Like Mason said, you might be able to get like one of those guys that we had ranked as like our top goalies, um, you know, from the preseason, because right now he's, he's leading all goalies. And, and I agree, there are a chance that he loses a couple um, from Razak and stuff. So that's just another guy that I agree. Um, but yeah, most of my sell highs we hit. Uh, the only really other guys that I have, worth mentioning for buy low there's two guys that i would consider somewhat buy low but i think they would also be really hard to get and that would be patrick kane or pasternak um you know both of those guys are just not performing to where their uh you know draft value is um and they're they're guys that are probably worth targeting the last guy and this is one that oh there's some question marks about it and this would be like a really risky one but there's one defenseman that i think should just be able to turn it around a little bit if if dallas can figure out anything will klingberg ever do anything on this team again it feels like i have him on one league and he's been like my toughest hold to just like hope that he turns it around uh but i also think for like the buy low value, you could almost offer a team anyone and probably get them off of it. Um, you know, there's, I know as myself, as a Klingberg owner, it's been pretty frustrating to be a holder there. So um, I think you could probably get value if you're a team that needs D that maybe has a bit of upside. Yeah, I actually, he was going to be someone that I mentioned as well. He was on my buy low list. So great minds think alike there. Um, some other guys that I have that we haven't talked about yet, Tory Krug, I think, is a good buy low guy. Um, I don't think there's uh, a threat of him losing that uh, power play without any type of injury. Uh, Perunovic obviously is was the uh, the talk of the town for a minute there, but I don't think he's going to threaten the top power play, and I don't think Falk is as well. So I do think that uh, Krug will be able to pick it up a little bit. 
I also had Brian Rust, obviously. I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguin fan, and his thing has been a little bit more injuries than production, but I could definitely see someone just getting a little bit frustrated at Brian Rust at this point. And I do think, and obviously people, you could probably tell that owner that, you know, um, you know, Erod's been playing out of his mind. Kapanen might stay up there. Basically just try and convince him that it's not a sure thing that Rust returns to um, top line or top power play. But I do think it's a, I think it's a pretty most like like 85% chance that he goes back to being top line, top power play. So I think he's a pretty good buy low candidate. And uh, my last buy low was Anders Lee. I think obviously uh, someone, especially if he's someone who's been kind of off and on the waiver wire a lot, just because of the Islanders schedule. Originally, he hasn't been playing great either, but he has kind of started to pick it up a little bit. So I do think this is the, the very last chance that you'll get this season to buy low on Anders Lee, but especially if you need some left wing help, he's a great choice to kind of buy low. Um, some sell high guys that we haven't talked about, uh, Timo Meyer and, uh, Thomas Hurtle. Um, I more so, um, I'd say, I don't know. I don't like either of them to really be able to sustain where they're at. That's not to say that they won't be good. I just don't think they'll be as good as they have been. Um, and then, uh, two more guys, Josh Norris, obviously, um, Ottawa has been great, but I don't think Josh Norris is able to keep it up, even though I don't think he'll lose his uh, deployment necessarily. I just don't think he'll be as good as he is right now. I think he's like top 50 right now. Uh, he'll probably still finish within the top 100 maybe, but just you could probably get a decent value on him. And my last guy, uh, a goalie here, uh, Freddie Anderson, I think is a good um, sell high candidate. I think it's um, someone that you'll probably see as the season goes on be uh, relegated a little bit more to a 50 to 50 to maybe keep him fresh for the playoffs. Cause he had, has had to uh, burden the load quite a bit uh, so far this season. All right. And uh, so, yeah, let's go around, give uh, final thoughts on anything you guys want to comment, and then we'll recap our list. I'll send it over to you first, Mason. Uh, final thoughts on all our buy low, sell highs. Um, I've got a trade here for you guys with Jonathan Klingberg, and that is anybody on the waiver wire. Please drop Klingberg. He is ranked outside the top 400 in Kakupful. Just let it go. <laughs> Nobody's buying low. Um, you yeah, just talk make, to two guys a, who are buying low. Me and Pete. Make a make a personal trade uh, with the waiver wire uh, with John Klingberg. Well, before you do that, offer them to someone like me. I would glad. Sure. Yeah. And especially if you're gonna drop them, I'd much. I'd, I'll give you whoever's 18th on my roster for Klingberg. Yeah, if you can get someone who's gonna stay on your roster for Klingberg, go for it. <laughs> no, I want Klingberg. <laughs> then yeah, go for it. I'm sure the Clickberg manager will give them to you. So, all right, keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Was that was that your final thoughts on everything? Just I freaking hate Klingberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton else to say. I'll just, uh, like I said before, I'm, I, I don't think you'll be able to sell high and buy low in the same trade. So, if yeah. you can sell high on a guy that you don't think is going to keep performing well and buy high on someone else that you do think will keep it up. Um, that could be a great trade. I think some of the guys that you mentioned pretty recently, PJ, like Timo Meyer and uh, Thomas Hurdle, that line has been absolutely destroying. And um, I'd be happy to buy high on one of those guys, maybe not quite at what they're doing right now, but um, 
but I would be very happy with them on my roster the rest of the way. So, um, yeah, I, that's just a bit more of my trade philosophy. So cool. Peach final thoughts. Yeah. So final thoughts. Uh, I, I think, um, Timo Meyer is an interesting one. I've always been a huge fan of Timo Meyer, but I do somewhat agree that he's probably punching a little bit above his weight class right now. Um, but he is a guy that I am still kind of interested in. Um, so I'm kind of in the middle of you two on that one. Um, the other final thought is I think right now, especially in couple with, you know, how valuable goalies are, but also disparity of them. I wonder if there would be value in trying to trade a high end goalie for a goalie plus one, um, you know, in some of these things, like, you know, take your Freddie Anderson's or your, your Campbell's or whatever, and try and get, you know, another decent goalie, but also get an extra sweetener in there. It might be a way to try and bolster some of your other lineup um, while still keeping a goalie. Cause you know, lots of these goalies there, like we said, goalies are, are so confusing. It's tough to predict. And, and, you know, although they're doing all like pretty well, there's, there's not the biggest discrepancy in um, points per game for a lot of them. It's just trying to figure out the guys who are those volume starters and, and get into there. So I would maybe try and trade some of those high end goalies for a goalie plus um, if I was doing that. My last thought is, uh, Dave, I'm sorry, but uh, I don't fully agree with the, the Norris take. I'm a huge Norris fan. I actually, in a dynasty league this year, traded uh, Hyman for Norris straight up, thinking that Hyman would actually do better this year than Norris, and it would be like a long-term play. And so far, it's actually been Norris who's higher ranked than, than Hyman in the league. So um, I've been like extra happy with that trade because I thought I was taking a loss for the next you know year or two and then hoping he would you know, hit my team when my, my team was really hitting its stride to win. Um, so even in redraft leagues right now, I I'm pretty high on Norris and I think he's just going to keep playing. And like I was saying there, he's getting a lot of the offensive zone starts. So, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of value in there to be had. Um, am I, is he going to finish 50th? Probably not, but I'd also don't know how far I would be willing to trade him for that. I, that I think he's going to lose that value. So to recap, I'll start with myself here. Uh, my buy low list. I had Sasha Barkov, Charlie McAvoy, Sam Bennett, Tori Krug, Tyson Berry, Brian Rust, John Klingberg and Anders Lee for my sell highs. I had Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Chris Kreider, Ryan Hartman, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Lucas Raymond, Josh Norris, and Freddie Anderson. Okay, and so let's kick it over to Peej. Let's hear your list. All right, so I'm going to try and make sure I don't uh, repeat some of them, but if I do, sorry You can repeat that. them, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay, we'll see. So for by low guys, I had Brock Besser, Shea Theodore, uh, Patrick Kane, Pasternak, uh, Sasha Barkov, and my Klingberg with a whole bunch of question marks beside it. Um, <laughs> and then my sell high list, I had... Kadri, Kreider, Chandler Stevenson, Mikhail Granlin, Mangiapani, and Cam Atkinson were kind of my my main targets. And then I had thrown a few more there in the in the lightning round. All right. And Mason, is your list ready? Yeah, I hope I hope I'm not missing anybody, but um the bylaws that we talked about were uh, Kevin Fiala, Charlie McAvoy, Thomas Shabbat, Sam Bennett, and um I threw in Fetchnikoff in my lightning round, but I'll keep him here. And then um sell highs, uh, we had Mike Smith, Jonathan Quick. Uh, Jack Campbell, Nazem Kadri is the big one, and um, Ovechkin, if you can get one of the top four players in the league. All right. Well, there we have it. Thank you guys so much. 
uh, for squeezing me in here, talk a little hockey and uh, get a little reprieve from all this uh, negative stuff that's going on in the hockey. Hopefully everyone uh, enjoyed that. Good luck to everyone this week. Feel free to hit me up on the Keegan Carlson patron discord server. Check out the stream scheme channel over there, or you can find me on Twitter at NHL stream scheme. Also make sure to follow our cousins, Ben and Lewis at short shifts and obviously at keeping Carlson and tune into their Megapod every Sunday at 8 PM Eastern standard time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget what the great Carter Hart once said. The future belongs to those who believe in their streams. See ya.